With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There, friend, you should not say that you wear on your face, but that you die on your face. To another, whose beard had been streaked by an imperfect dye, Dr. Glasscase said, your beard is of the true dust-colored piebald. He related on another occasion that a certain damsel, discreetly conforming to the will of her parents, had agreed to marry an old man with a white beard, who, on the evening before his marriage was to take place, thought fit to have his beard dyed, and whereas he had taken it from the sight of his betrothed as white as snow, he presented it at the altar with a color blacker than that of pitch. Seeing this, the damsel turned to her parents and requested them to give her the spouse they had promised, saying that she would have him and no other. They assured her that he whom she saw there was the person they had before shown her, and given her for her spouse. But she refused to believe it, maintaining that he whom her parents had given her was a grave person with a white beard, nor was she by any means to be persuaded that the dying man before her was her betrothed and the marriage was broken off. Towards Duenas he entertained as great a dislike as towards those who dyed their beards, uttering wonderful things respecting their falsehood and affectation, their tricks and pretenses, their simulated scruples and their real wickedness, reproaching them with their fancied maladies of stomach and the frequent giddiness with which they were afflicted in the head. Nay, even their mode of speaking was made the subject of his censure, and he declared that there were more turns in their speech than folds in their great togas and wide gowns. Finally, he declared them altogether useless, if not much worse. Being one day much tormented by a hornet which settled on his neck, he nevertheless refused to take it off, lest in seeking to catch the insect he should break himself. But he still complained woefully of the sting. Someone then remarked to him that it was scarcely to be supposed he would feel it much, since his whole person was of glass. But Rodaha replied that the hornet in question must needs be a slanderer, seeing that slanderers were of a race whose tongues were capable of penetrating bodies of bronze, to say nothing of glass. A monk, who was enormously fat, one day passed near where Rodaha was sitting, when one who stood by ironically remarked, that the father was so reduced and consumptive as scarcely to be capable of walking. Offended by this, Radaha exclaimed, Let none forget the words of Holy Scripture, Nolite tongere Christos meus, and becoming still more heated, 
he bade those around him reflect a little, when they would see that of the many saints canonized and placed among the number of the blessed by the church within a few years in those parts, none had been called the Captain Don such a one, or the lawyer Don so-and-so, or the Count Marquis or Duke of such a place, but were all Brother Diego, Brother Jacinto, or Brother Raimundo, all monks and friars, proceeding, that is to say, from the monastic orders. These, he added, are the orange-trees of heaven, whose fruits are placed on the table of God. Of evil speakers, Rodaja said that they were like the feathers of the eagles which gnaw, wear away, and reduce to nothing whatever feathers of other birds are mingled with them in beds or cushions, how good soever those feathers may be. Concerning the keepers of gaming-houses he uttered wonders, and many more than can here be repeated, commending highly the patience of a certain gamester who would remain all night playing and losing, yea though of choleric disposition by nature he would never open his mouth to complain although he was suffering the martyrdom of barabbas provided only his adversary did not cut the cards at a word rodaja uttered so many sage remarks that had it not been for the cries he sent forth when any one approached near enough to touch him for his peculiar dress slight food strange matter of eating and sleeping in the air or buried in straw as we have related no one would have supposed but that he was one of the most acute persons in the world he remained more than two years in this condition but at the end of that time a monk of the order of st jerome who had extraordinary powers in the cure of lunacy nay who even made deaf and dumb people hear and speak in a certain manner this monk, I say, undertook the care and cure of Rodaja, being moved thereto by the charity of his disposition. Nor was it long before the lunatic was restored to his original state of judgment and understanding. When the cure was effected, the monk presented his patient with his previous dress of a doctor of laws, exhorting him to return to his earlier mode of life and assuring him that he might now render himself as remarkable for the force of his intellect as he had before done for his singular folly. Thomas returned accordingly to his past pursuits, but instead of calling himself Rodaja, as before, he assumed the name of Rueda. He had scarcely appeared in the street before he was recognized by the boys, but seeing him in a dress so different from that he had before worn and been known by, they dared not cry after him or ask him questions, but contented themselves with saying, one to another, "'Is not this the madman, Dr. Glasscase? It is certainly he, and though he now looks so discreet, he may be just as mad in his handsome dress as he was in that other. Let us ask him some questions, and get rid of our doubts.' All this was heard by Thomas, who maintained silence but felt much confused, and hurried along more hastily than he had been wont to do before he regained his senses. The men, at length, made the same remarks as the boys, and before he had arrived at the court he had a train of more than two hundred persons of all classes following him, being more amply attended than the most popular professor of the university. Having gained the first court, which is that of the entrance, these people ended by surrounding him completely when perceiving that he was so crowded on as no longer to have the power of proceeding he finally raised his voice and said senores 
it is true that i am your dr glasscase but not he whom you formerly knew i am now dr rueda misfortunes such as not unfrequently happen in this world by the permission of heaven had deprived me of my senses but the mercy of god has restored them and by those things which you have heard me say when i was mad you may judge of what i shall say now that i am become sane i am a doctor in laws of the university of salamanca where i studied in much poverty but raised myself through all my degrees to that i now hold but my poverty may serve to assure you that i owe my rank to industry and not to favour i have come to this great sea of the court hoping to swim and get forward and gain the bread of my life but if you do not leave me i shall be more likely to sink and find my death for the love of god i entreat that you follow me no further since in doing so you persecute and injure me what you formerly inquired of me in the streets i beg you now to come and ask me at my house you shall see that the questions to which i before replied impromptu shall be more perfectly answered now that i shall take time to consider all listened to him many left him as he desired and he returned to his abode with a much smaller train but it was every day the same his exhortations availed nothing and thomas finally resolved to repair to flanders there to support himself by the strength of his arm since he could no longer profit by that of his intellect this resolution he executed accordingly claiming as he departed o oh, city and court you by whom the expectations of the bold pretender are fulfilled while the hopes of the modest labourer are destroyed you who abundantly sustain the shameless buffoon while the worthy sage is left to die of hunger i bid you farewell that said he proceeded to flanders where he finished in arms the life which he might have rendered immortal by letters and died in the company of his friend the captain don diego leaving behind him the reputation of a most valiant soldier and upright man End of the Licentiate Vidriera Part 2